Welcome to Talking Sense. I'm Teresa Arago. If there's one thing I know, it's that the journey to financial independence can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. So get ready, because I'm breaking down what you don't know about money to help you find the next steps on your journey, today on Talking Sense. Student loan repayment is back on and in a full effect. And a lot of families have had a few months to kind of adjust, and they're probably feeling the pinch since it came right before the holidays. If you have a federal student loan, at least, there are going to be a few bits of good news that we wanted to share with you to help maybe soften the blow as you get on the path to payoff. Now, I've brought Randy Kay in today. She's one of our interns in Conway, and um, I have had the pleasure of getting to know her and train her a little bit uh, in the office. So I kind of roped her into coming on the show today because I know you are in the midst of student loan chaos, right? Yes. Absolutely. So talk to me about what got you started because originally, you know, not everybody walks into college going, I'm going to get a bunch of loans, but you, you did choose to get a loan. Help me understand what led to that. Um, like we were talking about before, uh, essentially life happened. Um, mm-hmm. What started out to be a goal of, Graduating college debt-free um, turned into a big just hiccup in life, and I kind of was thrown into a, I need to either accept it or I can't continue with classes, and that was kind of what got me to having them now. So, so it was either start using loans or mm-hmm. not finish the degree that you started. Which, Pretty much. Which I think is a lot of people. I yeah. think even those, you know, even in my situation, I had a full scholarship, which scholarships have changed. Mm-hmm. It used to be whatever you got your freshman year, that's all you got all four years. So as tuition increased, you just had to make up the difference. And for me, that did end up in a little bit of student loans mm-hmm. at the end. Thankfully for me, college was a little cheaper. So my just student loans bit. were smaller. <laughs> it took me a whopping year and a half to pay it off. But that's not been the case for a lot of people. I mean, yeah. what's the kind of average your friends are looking at? Um, thankfully, it's nowhere near or they have more than me, but it's about 20000 per, per, I would student. say, per student. And that's average. about average with what? Yeah. I did the research with this, but for those that have just started with the student loan repayment again, and you've been off of it for a couple of years and you're feeling that pinch, we wanted to share with you some things that we found that might help you. And the first one is there's a grace period, which all of us could use a little grace, I feel like. So from October 1st, 2023, when it first started to September 30th of 2024, they're not going to count late payments against you. They're not counted as delinquent on your credit score. So I can imagine that would be helpful. Um, But then there's a little bit of a caution with that because interest is still accruing. So even if you're not paying the payments on time and they're giving you that grace, they're not going to walk away from money. So you're still going to have to pay the interest. So just like with credit cards, you know, we've talked about debt and different things. You want to make sure you're not just letting that interest build. That's one thing. The next one is the income driven options. We've actually talked some about Mm -hmm. the repay plan, which is the one that most people are familiar with. And we talked about the biggest issue with that. Do you remember what we talked about? Um, is that the loan never actually gets paid off. It's exactly. it's just like you're making the minimum payment, but the interest still is accruing on it. So. Exactly. So the problem with those repay plans is that the amount of interest that you're paying each month with your minimum payment mm-hmm. is so low that the loan balance can actually increase over time. Mm-hmm. One of the things we've done for clients in the past is creating these debt plans and you have to put in there like what their interest rate is, what their loan amount is, what they're paying per month. And then it calculates different variables to help them with a payment plan. Well, with those, I would always have to lie about what their minimum payment was because it would keep going. Nope. Loan won't ever get paid off. Nope. Loan won't ever get paid. I usually had to add a hundred, two hundred dollars just to get the loan to pay off in 30 years or less. 
Wow. So could you imagine you get your bill, you pay your bill, and the next month your bill is higher? Yeah, that'd be really disheartening, honestly. (laughs) It it did just that. People lost motivation. Mm -hmm. And so they just stopped making their payments. Well, the new income-driven option is called the SAVE plan. And with this one, it's still based on income level, but it also includes family size. So that helps with some of it. It's replacing this repay plan this next summer, but it's anticipated to lower your payments by half. So if you were paying $1,000 a month for your student loans, you could be paying as little as 500. I feel like that would make a difference in your budget, don't you think? Just a little bit. Okay. Here's the best part though, is how the interest is created. So we talked about with the repay plan, what happened to the interest? It just can kept growing. It's added to the loan, right? So next month you owe more interest and Mm -hmm. more and more. So if your monthly payment wasn't enough to cover it, it would just actually grow the loan. With the new plan, the monthly payment, if it isn't enough to cover your total interest for that month, then that month's interest, the part that you couldn't pay off with that payment, just gets written off. So you're still making progress. Even if it's slow, you're still making progress. And I'm hoping that that will kind of reinvigorate people's motivation. Yeah, makes it easier to like actually set a goal of like, I I want to pay this off by this instead of constantly seeing a plan that's still increasing every payment. Yes. And if you want to apply for that, the applications are actually already open. Now, there's one caveat to that. You cannot apply for a new payment plan if you're already in delinquency. So that gets us to our second piece of exciting news. So imagine you owed me money and you were already behind and all you had to do was ask nicely. And I would say, "Okay, you're caught up. Would you be excited about that? Yes. (laughs) Yes. There is a default forgiveness option that is being offered as part of this, too. So If you were in default previous to the forbearance period, you could restart the clock on that. Now, let's talk about what puts someone in default status. So with them, you know, when you're put into default status, that means there have been 270 days without payment. So basically, you've gone two thirds of the year without making a single payment. So that's pretty drastic. You can, however, request that that clock be restarted. And we put some of those steps here. Randy Kay, could you go through what they need to do first if they want to be able to request this default status be released? There's someone they've got to call. Yeah, so the um, Department of Education is the first one. Um, they know all the information. In and they have that. specifically a default resolution group. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to address this. Have you ever called the Department of Education? Oh, so many times. So I'm serious. Time. Have yes. you ever done it? Yes. Okay. How fun was that phone call? Um, well, thankfully they're very nice, but it's a long wait. There you so go. There's a very long wait. So, uh, so it's it's not going to be super duper easy to get a yeah. hold of the right group. It, yeah. You know, typical I'm calling, I'm going to have to go through probably five steps. Mm-hmm. But would you say that erasing that default status would be worth it to you if you were in that situation? 100%. 100% worth it. And let's talk about why. What do you have the option? Let's talk about, well, let's talk about what that default status does. If you have a default on any sort of debt, how does it affect your credit score? So it makes it go down. A little bit louder for the people in the back. (laughs) It makes it go down. (laughs) Exactly. So when you are in default status, it's actually negatively affecting your credit score. Mm -hmm. So by saying, hey, I need need this forgiven, Mm -hmm. and you follow the steps they give you, it's going to do what to your credit score? It's going to help increase it. Exactly. 
So you have the ability to do that. So you're going to call the default resolution group and you're going to request, literally just ask nicely, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. they take your loans out of default. You have to tell them it's for the Fresh Start program. That's what they're calling it. So if you get a hold of somebody and they don't know what that is, let me know. But the research I did on the Department of Education website indicated all you needed to do was call and request. Now, that request could include paperwork. Mm -hmm. So understand that nothing is going to be easy that is worth it. So make sure you're taking time to do this. And then you have the option once you're out of default to apply for other options for the payment plan. So the save plan we just discussed before, Mm -hmm. by getting yourself out of default, you are now eligible for that. Mm -hmm. I know that we've talked before about your friends. You've got some friends that have got student loans. How are they feeling about just in general getting into that payment phase? Some of them are ignoring it. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them are like putting it off and um, but thankfully me and some of my close friends, like, you know, we're trying to continue to make those payments even while we are in school because it does make a huge difference in the long run. So that's a really good bit of advice. So what you're saying is that you and your friends, even while you're in school, yes. when you find that you have surplus funds, you're going ahead and making payments now. Absolutely. That's fantastic. <laughs> Who came up with that idea? That's <laughs> wonderful. Um, because the less loan you have, the less interest mm-hmm. it's going to earn. And I promise you, I wouldn't make you say these words because they're a pain in the backside, (laughs) but you have unsubsidized and subsidized loans. And what that means is if you have an unsubsidized loan, it starts accruing interest immediately. Mm -hmm. So if you do have an unsubsidized loan and you're still in school, you can help yourself out exactly how Randy Kay spoke about by going ahead and making loan payments now so that you're not paying interest on that loan because it's earning that interest immediately. So you want to make sure that you're taking steps to limit that impact on you. And then those subsidized loans, the interest doesn't start till later Mm -hmm. when you're in payment, but you can go ahead and lower that loan so you have less later on. I think that's fantastic advice. So what are some of the other things you're hearing from your peers related to student loans when you talk about them? Uh, It sounds like you've got a group that actually discusses them. Of course, a little disclaimer here. I should have mentioned this earlier. Randy Kay is in finance. So she's getting a finance degree. So it's probably a little more commonly discussed open topic among your peers. Yeah, we um, we're all like very transparent about kind of, you know, well, how are you paying? How are you know, what's going on with that? And um, some people um, do have extra jobs. I work here and then um, have another side job on the weekends Mm -hmm. to kind of help cover that cost. But um, it just kind of varies based on what they have um, option wise. Mm hmm. Do any of your friends have private loans or all of them using the federal loans at the moment? Um, I'm sure a couple of them probably have private, but we mainly talk about the um, just federal federal loans that we have. Got it. Interest rate wise, I can imagine it's getting a little hairy on newer loans because I don't know if everybody on the show will know this, but each semester you're getting a new loan. Mm -hmm. So by the time you finish school, say you were there for four years, you could have as many as eight different loans to deal with. Currently right now, um, it's sitting at 5.15. Ooh, so, that's not horrible. That's not as bad no, as I expected. But I mean, it's I not also, the two point something I had no, in the, in the no. 90s. Yeah, no. Every time I get on there, I'm like, oh, five more dollars. Great. Wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. So that kind of weighs on you a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. So you're not in the camp that buries their head in the sand is what I'm hearing. Absolutely not. No, no. no. My goal is to get them paid off as soon as I can. I wish I could take credit for that, guys, but she has not been at our office long enough for me to take that credit. (laughs) 
But I think, you know, for those that are in private pay loans, there is a lot of competition for those loans. So you may want to really do your homework. We did an episode recently on your credit score and how you can better yourself when it comes to your credit score. I would encourage you to take some time to focus on building up your credit score so that you can refinance those loans when interest rates go back down, hopefully, or find even more competitive loan providers in that private space. But if you've got federal loans, there's another piece of the pie that a lot of people may not be aware of in, and I, I can't say this would apply to you, so go into it understanding that, but apparently there have been some miscalculations over the years on what loan amount someone should have paid. And so there is a, um, we'll call it an audit being done. And there may be, there was an estimate of like $8 billion in loans written off. I'm not going to believe it till I see it um, oh. because I, I was on several different websites when I was researching for this. They all had different numbers, but I would watch it carefully to see uh, if there are any adjustments made because it did indicate that some people's loans, that crediting of interest was inaccurate over the mm-hmm. years and they're doing an audit and they're forcing people to correct it. So mm-hmm you know, maybe you'll benefit from that. And that'll be something that can help you as well. But I do think, you know, it, this also brings up the importance of budgeting. And we've talked about budgeting uh, a lot together, even in making sure that you plan ahead for this. I think for some people, they really hoped that student loans would just disappear, or at least a portion of them would. And they may not have planned ahead to create a budget or planned ahead by keeping that as part of their budget. And now that it's hit them, it's it's kind of almost like it's coming out of left field. Yeah, I think it's better to not not necessarily ignore them, but just to like be aware that like don't necessarily guarantee that someone else is going to kind of take care of that for you. Just kind of assume that you're still responsible for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw both ends of the spectrum from my clients. I had clients who they weren't necessarily making the payment, but they were sticking it in savings. Mm-hmm. So they were staying in the habit of making the payment And then there were others who they were making that payment thinking, hey, I don't have interest accruing. I'm going to tackle this now. That way, later on, I can pay it off faster. I think they were in the camp that the government's not going to come in and save the day. So they just said, forget it. But, you know, for many, loan payments restarting has been a burden on their budget. So hopefully we've been able to give you some potential benefits to help lighten the load for you. But the, another thing that I want to kind of before we close this down and, and, and finish off, I want to encourage you to be careful. Anytime there are big opportunities, there are also, I mean, better way to put it, scammers. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of websites popping up that are talking about different options available to you. Um, they're coming out of the woodworks with plans to help you by consolidating. If you have federal loans, be cautious of that consolidation process because it can take you out of the opportunity of using one of these income driven plans. So I'm saying this for you too, my friend, because I know you're almost (laughs) done with school. Before you consolidate, take some time to see what other options the government has in their plans. Because I have seen it where people consolidate thinking they're getting a great deal and they end up paying a ridiculous amount of interest. I appreciate you so much, Randy Kay, for joining me. Uh, for those that don't know, I literally grabbed her about 30 minutes before the show <laughs> and just said, hey, this applies to you. Will you come sit with me and talk? So everybody tell Randy Kay how great she did, you know, through the <laughs> through the screen here. Um, but I do appreciate your willingness to come on and, and share your experiences. Do you have any last thoughts for anybody that might be listening related to student loans from your experience? Um, well, I think that anyone who's in my seat fixing to graduate or has already walked the stage last May, I would say, you know, take advantage of the opportunity of the like grace period that's given and just make those payments. Um, and you know, if you aren't post-grad, 
um, maybe still make the payments while you're in school. So it makes a big difference. Perfect. Thank you so much. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. We hope this episode gave you a tip or two to help lighten your burden. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for listening to Talking Sense. And if you like what you hear, make sure and subscribe to the podcast to get all the newest episodes. The Gym Wealth team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or by calling our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. And while we like to have fun here, we're also financial advisors and that means disclosures. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Alliance and Gemwell Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial.